This is Escape from the Burnout Society, a podcast dedicated to prevent and overcome chronic stress and burnout. It is also a dialogue with many experts around the world in the fields of health, mindset and lifestyle. I hope you enjoy it. Check for more information on our website www.escapeburnoutsociety.com Welcome to Escape from the Burnout Society podcast. I am your host, Gabriela Guzman, and today my guest is Suzanne Monroe. Suzanne Monroe had a high demanding corporate job that didn't align with her personal beliefs. In this stage of her life, she found herself helping a close loved one with a health crisis that traditional medicine would not be able to heal. She then poured herself into researching, reading, and ultimately helping her loved one turn the corner towards healing sparking her own passion for wellness and inspiring her to leave corporate America and traditional healthcare behind her. Many years later, she is now the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals, IAWP, where she is also the director of the Holistic and Wellness Coach Certification and Training Program. And she's also author of the book, Live Well, Dream Big the ultimate guide to becoming your best self and living life on your own terms. And she's also the host of the podcast, Live Well, Dream Big. Suzanne, welcome. Hello, welcome, and thank you. Thanks, Gabriella, for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and connecting with your audience. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you too. Well, let's dive immediately into it because the, this is a very interesting conversation. <laughs> Listen, Suzanne, you had a career burnout, and that's uh, already quite some time ago. But could you share with us uh, how did it look like and how did you get there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know with Escape Burnout Society, I love the title of your podcast. We were talking about it a little bit before. It's like, we really are a society that's living from this place of burnout. And as I, I think about my own career burnout story, you know, it really goes back to like a very young age. And it kind of started with the question, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? This was a question that was always running through my mind. And of course, every child gets asked that question. And oftentimes, you know, they, they solidify an answer that actually uh, ends up, you know, leading to what they end up doing in life. But I actually could really never answer that question. And I went through, you know, even into um, young age, into my uh, adult life thinking, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I didn't know. But because I didn't know, I basically followed the formula that was taught to me from my parents. And now my parents in their generation, they were the first to go off to college. And the, the success formula was you go to a good school, you get good grades, and you get a good job. Okay, you follow this formula and that's basically success because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I followed that formula and it basically landed me in my first corporate job. It was this fast paced consulting firm. I was living in Chicago and traveling internationally. And you know what? One of the first days on the job, I saw my coworkers sleeping under their desks and I'm thinking, okay, because it was my first job, I'm thinking, is this normal? Like, is this what people do? Right. And I soon came to realize that that was the culture. That's 
what people were actually doing there. They were working so many hours, they didn't have time to go home and actually get a good night's rest. So that was concerning, as well as the fact that I once saw my boss in his pajama pants. He had slept the night, night there. He was off to the bathroom the next morning to brush his teeth. And that was kind of embarrassing. But anyway, I ended up kind of following suit because it was, was the culture. Now, I never ended up spending the night at work or wearing my pajama pants. But I will tell you, I remember one time I was in Argentina. I was working on this project and we were like on the third night there. And every single night we had been there, we were expected to stay up all throughout the night working on this project. And it was like night three. And I, I, I basically fell asleep at my desk because I kind of put my head down and I realized I can't do this anymore. And it was kind of a moment like I can't do this project anymore. I'm going to bed. I left the team. But it was also a bigger moment of I really can't do this anymore because I've hit career burnout. This is not for me. And so I ultimately left that position and I went on and I, I took on some other corporate jobs that had similar similar styles of them that were really not that balanced, kind of leading to burnout as well. And I found myself blaming the culture, blaming my boss, blaming my coworkers until I finally decided that no one was coming to save me. I had to make a change. I had to be responsible for my own path and my own future. And I ultimately kind of had this reevaluation moment that led me to ultimately leaving uh, the corporate life that I was living and getting out of career burnout. So I think we all have these moments, you know, especially those of your listeners who are uh, facing burnout right now. Oftentimes, and it might even be just listening to Gabriella's podcast right now. You might be actually having a reevaluation moment right now saying, oh my gosh, that story resonates with me. I'm living that life too. Like reevaluation moments are these moments that kind of cause us to stop, reevaluate, pause and think and actually make a shift and a change in what we're doing. And it can be something big, like something that happens in your life, um, or it can be something as small. Again, just listening to this podcast and kind of having, having this awakening moment and and, you know, you make a change. And um, I think it's super important to pay attention to those reevaluation moments as they pop up in your life. And how, how long did it take? I mean, from the moment you were thinking like, oh, God, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, from the first day you were at work and you were completely full with energy. And yes, this is going to be the job of my life. You know, mm -hmm. uh, how long did it take? Was it a year, two, three, four Well, I will say this a couple weeks into that first job, because while I was hired and I thought I was getting paid this great salary, more than all of my friends coming out of school, I thought I had really landed something. Right. But a couple weeks in, I was I found myself crying in the bathroom. I'd like run off to the bathroom. I'm like, I got to I got to cry this one out, people, <laughs> because, you know, that was how scary it was. I felt totally out of my comfort zone. But I did. I stuck with that, I think, for two years. So it was a series of ups and downs throughout that. And then I went on to my next position for several more years. So I I think this is like over a whole decade of, you know, moments of career burnout that kind of kept building and building um, until ultimately I was completely burned out. And I had this reevaluation moment at the same time, which you kind of mentioned in my introduction, which I'll say along with my career burnout, my husband at the time had experienced um, this health crisis. Basically, he was diagnosed with an incurable illness. And so while I'm totally stressed out at work, I get this news, right? And it was such a big shift that kind of occurred because for me, what happened was I kind of became like his coach. I became a researcher. I said, I'm going to figure this out because there were no solutions presented to us at the time through traditional healthcare about what he could really do. It was kind of this dead end, like life is going downhill from here, right? So I said, I'm going to figure this out. 
And I took that upon myself after my long hours at work to, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to see what we can do here. And that's kind of a, a long story. But the, the end of that story is really a couple of things. One is that we found a different solution, right? And today he's doing well and thriving. But for me, what was so important about that was realizing that, um, you know, I had been taught to follow this traditional path, this kind of formula, like I said, go to school, get good grades, go get the good job and that success. And when those rules didn't work out, I started realizing that all these rules that are put in front of us are not necessarily the path. There's so many different options out there and that I was living by these like standards and rules. Right. So I I saw this happen with uh, what happened with my husband and what happened in healthcare? We the, the path was this is the only way you can go and it's a dead end. And we found another way. So I started applying that to my career, realizing there's another way. There's another path. And a lot of that comes back to each of us owning our own paths and our own stories and being willing to take action and knowing that there is no set standard. There is no set rules you have to follow. A lot of these rules are things that we kind of take on from us, from society, from our parents, from our upbringing, right? All these things that we think we have to do and not knowing uh, always that there is another way, but that the other way can ultimately lead to a place of real success, of true success and, and freedom for yourself. Um, and, and just uh, to, to make it clear, so your husband had uh, was suffering from a disease. Uh, was it autoimmune disease or, it, it, I mean, uh, I, I hope it was not cancer, but uh, you never know. <laughs> it, Yes, I always leave that story for him to tell since it's oh. his story. But I will say this, it wasn't cancer. And he was able to really, you know, find the path because at the time, this is over 20 years ago, so many things have changed today with different disease states where there's so much more information, right? But back then there really wasn't. And um, so, yeah, but for me, what happened, what happened was I, because I dove into it so deeply, right? It was something I really cared about. I actually... I found something that really ignited my passion. I probably never would have landed on this, but then I became so passionate about holistic wellness because of this personal journey that we had gone on together. And that's really a message I want to share with people is that sometimes what's happening uh, in your life can seem like this really big challenge, but it actually has gold around it. And we have a saying in our community at the International Association of Wellness Professionals, and we say life is happening for you you, not to you. And I think it's such an important kind of phrase, at least for me to carry around. And I know so many coaches in our community carry because when obstacles come up in life, which they will, when challenges come your way, which they always do, you can either choose to kind of feel like a victim, feel stuck, feel like there's no way out, which by the way, is totally normal, right? When these things happen, Or you can really look for what is the opportunity here? Because there always is something that is there for you. And I think if you think about life happening for you, not to you, what happens is you look for those bright moments and those opportunities and they start to open up doorways for you to things that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before or been willing to look at before. And so there's always something there in those challenging life moments if we're willing to look for it. I completely agree with you. I know exactly what you mean. Um, tell me, Suzanne, I heard something you said, in, I think it was in your podcast, about playing by rules. And uh, I think this resonates with a lot of people because you were talking just about having good grades, going to high school, having a, you know, a good job and everything's going to be solved for you. 
Tell us, can you elaborate on what, what do you mean by playing by the rules and what did you change about that? Yeah, well, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, right? Like I had this formula that I had been taught. You go, go to good, go to a good school, get good grades, right? Get that good job. And, and that's that's it, you know, and those that was one of the rules that was kind of laid out for me. And what happens is I think um, we all have these rules or kind of these um, almost like paradigms that we're living from. Right. And we think this is the path to success. And oftentimes I know for me, part of it, too, was that if you follow the rules, you're a good girl. Right. I know you have a lot of women and female female listeners. Right. So many of you might be identifying with this like idea of being the good girl because it is taught to us from society what it means to be good. Right. And so if you break those rules, whatever those rules are in your mind, then your own mind might be telling you that you're bad. Right. Now you're the bad girl. Right. So we have to be willing to look at that and say, okay, that may, again, not necessarily be true. Right. And so for me, it was really important to realize that I did not, I could break those rules. I could carve my own path. And I'll tell you, a lot of it had to do with rewriting what I call our narratives. Okay. So narratives are basically kind of these badges of honor that we carry around, these stories that we have. They're oftentimes stories about ourselves that come from our unconscious thinking, that come from our beliefs, that come from our upbringing. And they might even be phrases that we hear ourselves saying, either telling our children or our friends. Um, and it might even be that we have friends who kind of have the same narratives as us because we tend to connect with people who have those same narratives, right? I'll just give you an example. Some narratives might be, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or, um, you know, I'm not good at relationships. One of my narratives was never risk a lot for a little. That was actually uh, an adage that my family spent a lot of time saying. My dad would say, never risk a lot for a little. And it was something we heard growing up quite a bit. So I adopted this as a narrative. And the narrative was, you don't break the rules. You don't risk a lot for a little any risk is bad, right? And so that kind of kept me stuck for a long time because it was a narrative that I owned. And so I had to learn to change that narrative so that I could create a new narrative because our narratives impact the choices that we make every day. Those impact our behaviors and ultimately that becomes the life that we're living. So we have to be willing to really rewrite our stories, rewrite our narratives, look at some of those narratives and say, are these really mine or they were they somebody else's narrative? Exactly. So you, you think that these narratives um, uh, in this case are also very related to all the anxiety that we are living these days since they are not really serving us. They're actually against us. Yeah. <laughs> narratives. The interesting thing about narratives, I think you make a great point, Gabrielle. It's like they're oftentimes not serving us because they're running sort of in our subconscious brain and they're unconscious. And we're not we don't always realize that we're operating from these narratives. That's why it's really important to take a pause. I always say hit the pause button in life for a minute. Take a look at some of these things that are going on in the inner workings of your mind to see what it is you truly value and what are your narratives, right? Because if you don't, what happens is you're operating from these narratives. And then, like you said, you could be experiencing stress. You could be experiencing anxiety. And the reason that can be happening is because on a soul level, on a heart-based level, it's not truly what you want, 
but it's what is coming through and how you're operating. And those two things start to collide. And actually, that's a good thing because it can, again, be another wake up moment to say, okay, what's really going on here? So when you want to look at your narratives, oftentimes you can journal about them. You might have to go back into your past a little bit. What were some of the things you were taught growing up? And then notice how you're carrying out those narratives today. How are they impacting the choices that you're making? And are they narratives that you want to continue with? You might have some narratives that actually are beliefs that you like that are actually positive, but oftentimes they can be negative or basically not in alignment with where you are today and where you want to go next. And in order to get to where you want to go next, you have to be willing to rewrite those narratives. And I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. Okay, there's a saying out there, nothing changes if nothing changes. And it's absolutely true. If you're not willing to look at it yourself and look at the changes, then nothing is going to change. You're going to stay in the exact same position and you're going to wake up next year and the year after and the following year being like, wow, nothing has changed. So we have to be willing to do some of this work. And I think it's absolutely possible for everyone to be looking at some of these other things. But again, because we live in a burnout society, right, we're living at such a high, fast paced uh, life that oftentimes we don't carve out those moments to look at what's really important to us. Exactly. And so let's go back for a moment to this uh, uh, period in your life that, well, you're, uh, you were coaching your husband, uh, but you were still in the corporate life. And then maybe this idea popped up in your mind to just go for your passion. How did that transition happen? And how did your um, environment, your friends, your family, how did they reacted to all this? <laughs> That's such a good question. You know, if I go back to that moment, I'm like, okay, what was exactly happening at that time? There were so many factors, right? I had been, my my work was becoming uh, very stressful. I had this thing going on in my life personally. Um, so all these things were kind of colliding. And there was one morning that I woke up and I literally couldn't get out of bed, right? I had, was starting to experience symptoms in my body from the burnout because I was just going to keep going, 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 right? And I think this happens to a lot of people is that if we ignore the burnout, if we ignore the symptoms, if we ignore the signs, then it starts showing up in the body because it's the only way our body can actually tell us what's going on. It starts showing up physically. So I remember I had this time, I really, I could not get out of bed. Years later, I found out that I actually had something called adrenal fatigue, right, which is where your energy is really impacted. And that's basically what was happening to me. So I realized in that moment, I have to do something differently because this is not this is really impacting me on, on a different level now. So that was one thing that happened. And, you know, I ultimately said I'm going to leave my day job. But before I left my day job, and I was really kind of running myself hard here, I had already started following my passion for holistic wellness and helping others. And I had gone back to school to get more training. I was getting my training on the weekends. And I was moonlighting. I was actually starting to work with clients at night. So you can see I was really I was doing a lot at once, right? And, um, and what was important about that, though, because when you tell someone to say, hey, just leave your job if you have burnout or just make a change. That's great. And it can work for people to go cold turkey. But oftentimes we have to take small steps, right? We have to start showing ourselves that, hey, we can do it, that there is a new future, there is a new path. So we have to kind of build that confidence and experiment a little bit. So I was doing that. I was moonlighting. I was starting to get my uh, practice going. 
And that was really helpful for me because I saw, hey, I can do this. So there kind of came this colliding moment between all these things. And I ultimately said, I'm leaving the nine to five. And I didn't have a perfect plan for how it was going to work out. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. But I saw enough with my small steps that I realized this this is a possibility and I have to go for it. I have to give it a chance and give it a try. And um, that's that's what happened. Wow. So and, and your husband, your husband was uh, very supportive. What about your friends and your family? What did they say? Like, yes, or like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I still remember when I announced to my family that I was like leaving the traditional path and going over here to be an entrepreneur and start my own thing. There was some people like, oh, they seemed excited. But those who knew me, especially my parents, kind of gave me this quizzical look, right? Because again, they were following the path. And in fact, most people around me were following that standard path, that rule of, you know, you go to a good school, you get the good grades, you get the good job, and that's all you need to do in life. So for them, it was like, this is unknown territory. And I remember thinking, this is unknown territory for me too. And I could kind of see that it was for them. But I had to give myself that chance. I had to go for it. And I remember as I took that step, it was really also really important for me to begin surrounding myself with other people that had also gone on that path as well. Because I knew I wasn't going to have that in my home tribe, right in my family and my maybe my friends that I grew up with people that were in my current circle, I needed to expand myself and create other circles and other connections, so that I would have someone to lean on I'd have other places where I could say here are people who are doing this as well. And I think that's what's so important about community, right? Community is really important because it gives us that container, really. It holds us in a space for what it is we want to create next. And no matter what it is you want to do in life, you can most often find that container somewhere. You can find that community out there that is doing it because most it's likely that someone else has gone on the path and begun to carve it before you. And so I think that's really huge. But yeah, the 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 tribe at the time was not so sure about uh, how it was all going to work out. And you know what? I will say this. It really represented my own internal dialogue, right? Part of me was not so sure it was going to work out either, right? So those fears kind of come up and you see that. But you also say here are the possibilities as well. Yeah, the, I think that's a very valuable advice what you just gave us because I, I think that many people just lose their way. I mean, they might just have found that passion they want to really follow, but because they don't have this uh, supporting family or supporting friends that they will help them to, to not to give up, uh, they stop, you know, and they say, well, let's go back to the corporate life or just uh, let's find another job. Or I mean, having a job is, is, is of course, not, not, uh, not bad at all, but most of the times it's not aligned with what we really want. So mm -hmm. if, you get, if you get into a community with people that have the same goals and the same dreams and are already thriving in it, that is... A very good idea. And I think that's exactly what you did because now you have a community, isn't it? You know, you know, that's a really good point. That's kind of a funny thing that happened because when I went out there kind of looking for this new community and I traveled kind of all around and I went to seminars, I went to workshops, 
I couldn't find the exact right community for me. I couldn't find exactly what it was I was kind of doing, even though I found different people and, and support. And so I ultimately realized I needed to create my own community. Uh, and that's what I did. And now it's almost two decades later. And it's, you know, so amazing to have so many people who are on the path to carving their own path and and passionate about holistic wellness. But, you know, to your point, I think for those who are, you, you know, your path might be following um, what it is you're doing in your current job. It might be exiting and doing something different. It might be doing both where you have sort of a side passion and you're also doing something within your career. I think all this comes down to is getting really clear on what I call your personal principles, right? Because what happens is, especially because we're living in this burnout society and we're, um, you know, going through the motions every day and we're kind of like on the hamster wheel of life. Again, we don't hit that pause button and we don't really even know what's important to us. And your personal principles are basically what what are the things that you care deeply about because the statistic is that we work 90,000 hours over our lifetime in a career. Okay. Now that's a lot of time and that's a lot of time to be doing something that's not in alignment with you. That doesn't match up with your values or what I call your personal principles, right? So just as an example, okay, well, what are personal principles? Again, these things that you care deeply about, and it's super important to identify them so that you can make sure what you're spending those 90,000 hours actually do kind of align with you, right? And so my, just a couple of my personal principles, for example, uh, holistic wellness, of course, obviously one of them, um, something I'm super passionate about. My family, right? My husband and my son are, are dear to me. My extended family, family is huge. And then freedom became something really important to me. Again, it was about carving my own path. I, I've really redefined this word freedom even over the last year a little bit more to sovereignty. And of course, you hear that word and you're like, okay, wait, sovereignty, What? that's freedom. Wait, what exactly is that? Okay, you know, kings and queens were sovereigns. They had this rulership over themselves. And it's really about self-sovereignty. And to me, self-sovereignty is being able to listen to your own truth and being able to take action from that place. And this is really important because there's a lot of voices out there, right? We've got the news, we've got social media, we've got our family members, we've got our friends, we've got our own internal dialogue. There are a lot of voices coming at us every day and we forget to listen to our own voice. And so self-sovereignty to me is really about tuning in, discovering what's there and being willing to take action from that place and then I can make choices really without regret or guilt because I'm 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 operating from an empowered place. I'm operating from a place that says this is what's right for me, not what's right for everybody else. And that probably at the time, as you goes back to what you asked earlier, you know, did the did the did my family understand me? It was like, no, but I was starting to develop my own self-sovereignty then, right? And it takes practice. It's really hard to do when you have all these other voices coming at you. So it does take practice, just know that. But tapping into your personal principles again can really help you decide what's important and where you want to spend your time and really evaluate is what I'm doing right now, whether it's for my career or any other area of my life, is it where I should be spending my time? Does this matter to me? And if the answer is no, be willing to explore other options. Yeah, right. And I mean, you're talking about 19,000 
hours and why well, I never thought it was uh, so much time actually mama <laughs> but if you think about this I mean the, the, it, it was the, the the day was divided into eight hours of work eight hours of sleep eight hours you know for the rest and uh, but the, those eight hours of sleep it don't most of the time we're still working. Uh, eight hours of work, most of the times are like 10 hours because we have to commute many times to work and coming back. And the rest is, well, uh, cooking, cleaning, uh, you know, very, you know, <laughs> silly task, if you could say. It's not really the quality time we would like to spend with ourselves. So now that I know that work is 90,000 hours, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> just put it. Just put like a big ninety thousand dollar post it note up there on your thing and be like, "Oh my gosh, am I really doing what I want to be doing?" Like each day, right? And even if you're doing what you want to be doing and you're out there following your passion, like oftentimes you find yourself doing a lot of things that don't light you up, right? You're wearing so many hats. So like, if you think about the 90,000 hours, even from that perspective, it's like, okay, where can I get support? Where can I really tap into my natural talents and gifts? That's super important. And it's really about alignment. I love this word alignment. It's kind of another one of my personal principles. And I'll share this. I kind of like, because I had that old formula that was taught to me, I kind of ended up developing a different formula. Uh, and I call it my alignment formula. And it's a combination of three things. It's your natural talents, your passion and your story. Okay. And so your natural talents are basically what are those things that come very easily to you? You know, what are you really good at that people always tell you, oh, you're just really good at that. And you may not even realize it because like, it's just come so naturally to you. It might, might be as simple as like, you're a really good listener. Or in your case, Gabrielle, you're an amazing interviewer or, you know, you're, um, you know, just uh, it, it could be it could be anything. You're really good at like diving into something and researching. Right. So what are those natural talents, things that come easily to you? And then what's your passion? Right. And people say, oh, my gosh, I don't know. But what is the thing that you could literally pass hours doing where you suddenly stop like four hours later and you're like, oh. I didn't even realize four hours went by, right? Because we all have those moments and maybe you haven't had one recently, but look back in time. It might even be going way back to when you were younger because oftentimes we gave ourselves more permission and opportunities to do what we were passionate about. So find those things. And um, then there's the third component, which is your story. And this is super important because you can have your talents, you can have your passion, but as soon as you align it with your own personal story, it creates this greater alignment that allows you to really, I think, discover what you're here for, what your soul's work is about. And I'll just give you an example on this because sometimes people hear this formula formula, and they're like writing it down or like, okay, that sounds great. But here's an example in my own life. Okay, my natural talents, and I always say I have many of them, but um, one of my natural talents, which sounds kind of funny, is that I'm really good at creating systems out of information. So there can be like tons of information out there and I can like create a system that says, here's how to actually use this and apply it to your own life. Okay, that's something I've just always kind of naturally done. <laughs> and then my passion, of course, was holistic wellness because of everything that happened to me. And then my story became about, about, again, breaking the rules, carving my own path, right? So when you combine all those things today, 
it makes perfect sense what I'm doing today as the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals, right? Because basically there we support people to carve their own path, following their passion for holistic wellness, using our proven systems. Now, you could have never told me when I was young, back to that early story, that what I was going to be when I grew up was doing this, right? But as you see these components come together, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But you can't figure these things out until you start playing around with that formula and then allowing some of the magic to happen, allowing yourself to take those small steps and see what shows up next. And things can evolve over time as well. Great. This is a kind of a magic puzzle, isn't it? Yeah. And then suddenly it fits and it's just yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, so Sine, well, that. Let, let's, let's go, let's dive into your book. I found your book on your website and this great, amazing, lovely design book of yours is free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's downloadable. Um, and it's full with a lot of wisdom. And I would like you to talk about where well, the first thing is, uh, what's the difference between health and wellness for you? Sure. And I'll just mention to people, too, that do want to get the free copy, they can go to IAWPWellnessCoach.com forward slash guide. That's where you can get the downloadable version. Of course, you can always buy a hard copy on Amazon, too. But if you want the free version. Um, and so, yeah, and I'll just say this, too. What is kind of interesting about the book is that I share a little bit of like my own philosophies and and stories. But I'm kind of sharing one of the systems that we created uh, through this alignment formula through starting what I'm doing today. And it's our Wellness 360 system. It's our holistic philosophy that we teach to all of our coaches and training. And actually, the book takes you through the 12 elements through the lens of coaches who have gone on the journey of carving their own path. And it focuses in on each of the elements that make up our system. And so you, there's a lot of different stories in there, and you're sure to find one to relate to. And in terms of what the difference between health and wellness is, you know, there's been so much movement and momentum in the health and wellness field, especially over the last two decades that I've been involved. And it's been so amazing, actually, to be a part of this movement and a part of all that's kind of grown and gone on, because for so long, um, we, you know, only kind of had one perspective, I guess, is what you could say. But now today, with information at our fingertips, there's there's so much knowledge we can take in, right? And to me, holistic wellness is a very different than even just health and wellness. And it's really about combining uh, different things, okay? It's looking at all of the things that our ancestors used for health and healing, combining it with today's traditional methods and knowing that there's an interconnection between these. I think so often, no matter what we're looking at in life, whether it's wellness or something else, we tend to get ourselves into these buckets like, you know, this is the only way, this is the only way. And I find that there's always an interconnection between these things. And why not take the best of the best? And holistic wellness really does that. And Wellness 360 is a system that allows us to look at the interconnection between all of these things in our lives. You know, and, and Gabrielle, as we're kind of talking about burnout, I'll say this, like your burnout story, while we, you and I might have similar burnout stories, There may be most likely probably different things that were causing causing each of our burnouts. Okay, and so if we go out there and you'll hear a lot of experts talking about burnout and they'll tell you what to do, you know, eat better, do this. Here's how you how you solve your stress. Here's how you end your burnout. And that can all be useful. But oftentimes it's a band-aid approach to burnout. 
And I truly believe that a holistic perspective allows us to look at what are the unique things that are impacting our burnout or whatever insert challenge you're having, right? Because one element of the Wellness 360 wheel can be tied to another element. So your burnout could have been because, you know, you've got challenges in your home life that are now impacting your career. Mine could have been that I was making, you know, bad food choices, which were affecting my energy. So I couldn't think clearly. (laughs) It's not always that simple. But just to give you an example, holistic health and wellness really takes this bird's eye view. And rather than being a Band-Aid approach, it looks at the interconnection of everything going on in your life. Yeah, I, I think that approach is what it really, uh, uh, really took my attention. And also that this is also through the eyes of uh, several coaches from which I could realize that there are uh, lots of women. <laughs> yeah, major so- part of them are women. Talk well, about so, that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting. I know there's a couple of men featured in the book as well. And we definitely have men in our community. But traditionally, women have been the ones that have gone into healing careers, helping careers, and even health and wellness careers, even traditional ones like nurses, right, or healing careers or helping, whether it's therapy. So we already have women that are in the field of giving, of serving, of helping and healing, right? And coaching is just a newer version of that. So just by default, it really does attract a lot more women. But I will also say that women, I believe, are leading the next path in terms of supporting people to make big transformations in their life. And we have a philosophy at the IAWP. It's transformation, not information. So definitely there's a lot of information out there. Again, information isn't bad. It can be useful. It can help us. But I do believe we have a lot of information overload. And some of that is a little bit more masculine energy. And this isn't about males or like um, anything to do with saying, okay, males have given information. It's really more about energy between masculine and feminine, right? These are just a balance. So we've gone way over here with a lot of information, very masculine. And then feminine is more about the transformation. And that's why we want to look at transformation, not just information, so that we can actually make a balanced uh life, but we can make uh, changes. We can actually move forward successfully. When people take in too much information, what happens is it actually paralyzes them. They, They don't move forward or they try to do a bunch of things at once and it works for a while and then it stops working. So we really need to find out what works for you, what is unique for you given your lifestyle and everything that's happening for you. And that's where transformation comes from, really from that place. So if, if, if um, my audience would download your book or would buy it at Amazon, because I think the, the, the images are really great, guys. So if you want to buy it in Amazon, it's also give it a go. Um, so if they, follow, they read this book, uh, from what I saw, uh, you are already on your way, finding your, huh, your healing, your, your passion and putting everything in a kind of map. Uh, what else can they do if, if, if they want to have more coaching? Can they go to your website or how, 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 how do you and your team or the group, the community is helping people? Explain us. Yeah, that's a, a great question. And, you know, Live Well, Dream Big is the name of the book and the podcast. And the reason is, is that, and you'll find from many of the coaches in, in the book as well, and most of the people that I interview on the podcast as well, is that, They've gone on a journey, which I call the live well part of the journey, where something has happened in their life, oftentimes a personal health challenge, 
or that that reevaluation moment, some sort of health or wellness crisis that caused them to really stop, to really reevaluate and say, okay, what am I going to do here to care for myself? I have to find a new way of doing things. Something isn't working here. They go on the path and oftentimes ending their burnout, if that's the case. And then because it, it works so well and because it's such a transformation to them, they realize I've got to share this message with other people. And so then they go to the dream big side of the equation where they want to carve their own path and share everything that's happened to them and, and help others. So that's really just a great starting point. If you're somebody who's experiencing career burnout right now or you've experienced a health crisis or maybe it's a family member, like in my case, who had a health crisis and you got involved, like you're already on the live well part of the journey. And now the next part is dream big, right? So you can listen to our podcast if you want to just be inspired by different stories going on. You can read the book and say, hey, who here do I resonate with, right? Ultimately, many people on this journey who connect with our community, who decide that they want to carve their own path, uh, go with us uh, and join our community and go through our Holistic Wellness Coach Certification Program, which is a journey to actually you know, changing your career in many cases, though some coaches decide to practice within their current environment to be a part of a corporation or an organization or a team. But a lot of people do decide to start their own businesses and practices and work with clients directly in that way as well. Yeah. And so they they, they keep being a part of the community, but they go on their own path. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, so, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting as you look at the book, too, because you had mentioned that, you know, we have, for example, therapists, we have people who were in corporate positions, we have people who, um, who were massage therapists, but we have people who, again, following very traditional paths. But what everybody really had in common was kind of this desire to learn more about their own health and wellness and continue their own health and wellness healing journey, and then help other people. And so the way our program is set up, it's kind of that three-part journey. First, you work through the wellness side of things. Then you learn about coaching others and supporting others and really guiding others. And then you go on to kind of the business side of things. How am I going to share this message with the world? Am I going to work within an organization? Or am I going to launch out and help people um, in my own private practice? And so it's kind of a three-phase journey for people. But in terms of the community, because we were talking about community before, It's all about staying connected and um, coaches in our community have lifetime support. So we stay connected, always supporting each other, because I do believe community is so important in whatever journey you're on, whatever path you're on, um, to be surrounded by like minded people who can kind of stretch you, help you grow and also just keep you inspired. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't want to become a coach, you can also just be coached by someone <laughs> That's absolutely a great point, right? So like you can explore working with uh, coaches if you're somebody who wants to get support. If you're somebody who's listening and you're like in career burnout too, I'll mention that um, a great place to go as a gift uh, I have for you is called uh, superpowergift.com. And this has to do with really Uh, knowing what your career superpower is, I think it's a great place to start for those who are like, oh, I'm not thinking about coaching or I'm not thinking about changing my career. That's totally fine. Um, go to superpowergift.com. And what you're going to do is kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier. You're going to tap into your unique talents, right? We all have these unique talents. We may or may not be using them. You're going to get clear on that. And then it's going to teach you how to kind of operate from your strengths within your current career. And then you're going to realize how your career superpower applies not just to your career, but also to your relationships, to your health and wellness, and really to all other areas of your life. So 
I personally love quizzes <laughs> and, and like being like, oh, here's my type, right? <laughs> because when you find out what your type is, you're like, oh, well, here's the missing piece to whatever it was I was supposed to be doing. So for those who are kind of thinking more about that, superpowergift.com is just kind of a fun place to start as well. <laughs> Great information. And um, uh, Susan, what, what, it's a more like personal question in the sense that, um, well, you come from uh, consulting and then you went into wellness and um, you told me what you like is to get from uh, much information of all the information around to make a, a system out of it. Huh? And uh, is that, I mean, that might be a big motivation, but uh, are you doing this on a daily basis? Or is this, this something like, well, I, I, I am going to make a new product. I'm going to do something with my team. And then you get down all this information and you make a new system. Or is that something that happens very often? Or is this something that happens just now and then? That is a good question. You know, the three systems that we currently teach uh, throughout our, our program at the IAWP are systems that really kind of evolves from both information and my experience over the years, right? So the holistic wellness system was, again, it started kind of early on in my journey and then it kind of evolved and I kept trying new things. I realized there were missing pieces, right? I, I kind of compiled all of that. I then started working with clients and then I was working with coaches who were then working with clients and we were getting their feedback. So some of this, it just happens over a much longer time frame, right? And then same thing with our coaching system, right? Because I actually went out, I started working with clients. I didn't have a coaching system. Nobody taught me a coaching system, even though I went to school to kind of be a coach. I really didn't know how to help people. So I was like, oh no, what am I going to do here? I was giving people a lot of information, about 20% of them were going out using the information, but the other 80% was like, this is great information, but they weren't implementing it, right? So I had to kind of start developing again my own system, say, what's going to actually motivate people? What's going to help them to get to the core of what's going on with them? And ultimately, we developed our core coaching system. Same thing with our business system. So to answer your question, a lot of this is from experience, my own experience, our faculty's experience, our coaches experience working with clients, as well as information, right? So it came together over time. That being said, as I think about what I love to do, I mean, every day I'm very, you know, busy in an empowered way, uh, leading the IAWP community, maybe being on a podcast like this, doing my own podcast. But what really lights me up is kind of developing a new system, is kind of creating something new. I, I, I don't get to do it all the time anymore. Um, um, but if there's something new that comes through at least once a year, I love to create something new so I can provide it to our community. Um, and, you know, really, it's what makes me come alive. And there's a quote by um, Howard Thurman in it. And he says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And so I encourage everybody to. Just tap into what inspires you and find time for it now. Even if you're facing career burnout, you know, can you find just 30 minutes a day to do whatever it is that makes you feel alive? Because first of all, that creates health from within. Second of all, it opens up opportunities for you, right? And so, and it leads you always to what's next. And I do think that's, that's a huge uh, thing that I've always tried to keep in mind. Wow. So that was a great quote, really. I'm going to write down again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Susan, so well, most of the audience have uh, experienced burnout or are nearby a burnout or know people who have the burnout. So I used to ask my guests, what would be your advice for someone who is uh, almost having a burnout or are experiencing a burnout at this moment? That is a great question. I, I cannot imagine how many amazing tips you've gotten over the years of doing this and talking to people about burnout. So I'm going to say you're probably the expert in this. But here's what I will say um, is, first of all, realizing that stress and burnout are different and also that all stress is not created equal. OK, a good amount of stress, stress in like a moderate amount is actually healthy, right? It can boost our brain's performance. It can give us energy. It helps us to get things done, but it has to be short term. What happens with burnout is it's prolonged stress over and over again, uh, over time, that leads to the state of physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion and career burnout is specifically related to our work, right? So just recognize that yes, we all experience stress. Some of it is good, but then we also need to address the stress address the stress that we're experiencing, right? Because what happens is stress gets kind of stuck in the body, the way I see it. And let's say you have a stressful day at work and then you have another stressful day at work and another stressful day and now it's the weekend and you're like, oh, well, work is over and you just kind of do something fun. You actually never addressed that buildup of stress. And that's really important to do to really get to more to the root of it and to kind of move it through the body. And so that's one thing I think people really want to keep in mind. But then you want to start looking for those signs of burnout, too. Um, you might have a stressful job and you're, you know, you've got a lot of projects on your plate. How do you avoid burnout? Be aware of what the signs are. There's mental signs, there's emotional signs, and there's physical signs. The mental signs, I'll say a big one for me was brain fog. And we all experience brain fog from time to time, at least I think people do. This is where you're literally doing something and you completely forget what you're doing or somebody asks you a question and you're like, what? OK, brain fog. Um, but if this is happening over and over again, brain fog, that is a precursor. That is a real sign of burnout. Another is just the physical exhaustion. OK, so. Oftentimes when people will get burnout tips like um, you need to, you know, take care of the food you're eating, you need to cook healthier, you need to exercise more. Yeah, that's all great. But when you're burned out, you literally can't do any of those things. And when you find yourself not being able to do the proper activities that you need to restore yourself on a daily basis as a human being, then then we've got a problem because what you're probably doing is numbing out. So instead of doing healthy activities to restore, because you literally have no energy, I get that, you're exhausted, you're numbing out, but the numbing out is going on and on and on. And then that finally leads to the emotional sign of burnout, which is, I think, feeling trapped, right? That nobody can tell you anything you can possibly do. You are so stuck, so strapped, trapped, you don't see a way out. And so it's super important to kind of notice if you're experiencing all those things and then be willing and give yourself permission to look at what's really going on for you and start caring for yourself, putting yourself first in some small way. Now, you might say, I'm too busy. I'm too burned out. I don't care if it's 10 minutes on a Saturday evening that you say, I'm willing to start giving a little bit to myself so I can start discovering what's happening here with my burnout so that I can really look at, at what's going on and, and become untrapped, 
right? That's the first sign really of any change is having that awareness. So that's the first step. And and then when people already have uh, noticed and also uh, accept, because acceptance is a very important part of the game, uh, to take action, uh, what, what would you tell them? I mean, some people say, well, get more sleep and some get rid of the coffee. And, you know, there are so many advices. But for from your perspective, what, what will help people the most to be the four, let's say the second and third step? Well, I love that question. I think it does kind of go back to this holistic perspective that I have that I'm going to give you a couple of fun tips that people can just try. But the point is, those tips may or may not matter to you because you need to get to the root cause of your burnout. Okay, so everybody's root cause could be completely different. So, for example, going back to our Wellness 360 wheel, our holistic philosophy, right? We have these 12 elements. One is mindset. One is purpose. One is food. One is body and movement, right? I could tell you a bunch of tips to do in all those areas, but it may not really matter if the root of your burnout is coming from, you know, your career tied to your mindset, tied to your food, right? So I think it's important as a second step and even use that Wellness 360 wheel as a reference. It's inside the free book um, at the IAWPWellnessCoach.com forward slash guide. If you go back over there, you can get this wheel and you can just ask yourself when you hit that pause button, you take those five minutes on that Saturday night, which of these areas is tied to my career burnout? Right. Let's say you discover, okay, there's a couple factors. Maybe one of them is food. There are simple things you can do with your food to help you to kind of care for your burnout. Again, it's not going to get to the root cause. It's not going to solve the burnout. (laughs) But for example, I always like to tell people to eat endorphins. Endorphins help to reduce stress in the body. And what are endorphin? How can you eat endorphins? Well, there are things like healthy fats, like avocado and extra virgin olive oil and, um, you know, nuts and seeds or spices. So things like that can help get you into a satiated place and a place where you can lower your stress within your body, help to reduce your cravings a little bit, kind of get you off the cycle of up and down. But again, it won't get to that root issue. So we have to get to the root issue. So I would say the third step is, after you kind of look at what your elements are that are impacting your burnout, is to be willing to take responsibility for the burnout. And I know this is really hard because I went through this myself. I mentioned earlier in our conversation, it was a lot easier for me to blame the job, blame the culture, blame the boss, blame the coworkers. And frankly, Some of those corporations and cultures, like they were totally imbalanced. It wasn't an appropriate way for employees to be healthy and successful. But we have to take responsibility and just determine what it is we're going to do to care for ourselves. Because if we don't, we're not going to be here much longer to actually do the work that we want to do in the world. We'll be of less service to people. I mean, of course, it's the old, you know, analogy of putting the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your child on the plane. Yet we don't go out and do that, right? We just work ourselves to the worst, lowest point and reach burnout. And then we have no choice but to, you know, take a step back because we can't move forward um, any further. So I think getting to the root cause and being willing to take responsibility is super important. And I'll tell you what the scary part about doing about this is, is that we like to feel in control of things, I think. Um, and when we start opening up to this, we feel less in control. It's kind of a it's kind of something like it's hidden, right? We feel less in control about what we're going to do because we're willing to open up to all these other possibilities and all these if, ands, or buts, right? 
But it's really an illusion. We're not totally in control if we're living from an unhealthy place. Yeah, I think we're actually never in control. Right. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, we have that that that's the first thing we have to realize. Um, and Suzanne, tell us about your plans. What are you going to do in the maybe next five years? What are your ambitions? Well, that is such a good question. I love it. And some days I'm thinking about the future and some days I'm living in the present moment like all of us, right? But I'm going to be continuing to grow our amazing community at the IAWP. Our mission is to spread the message of holistic wellness and we're going to continue doing that. So that's something that I will definitely be doing in five years out, though I'm sure the the way of doing things is going to continue to change. Even just in the last few years, we've seen so much change. Again, I've been in online education, distance learning, coaching for almost 20 years. And I can tell you that every couple of years, there's some big change that shifts in how we reach people and how we deliver. And of course, here you and I are on Zoom today. Maybe, you know, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case, right? So I think it's also really important to continue adapting and flowing with the ways of reaching people and being connected to people. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how technology evolves as our community continues to grow as well. And I'm sure there will be more systems you're going to find out and put together for <laughs> helping people. I love it. Well, I really, I'm very creative and I love also when people are so creative. I think everybody is creative in a way or another. It's just a yeah. matter of discovering how. Mm, I love that. Um, Suzanne, where well, we are uh, almost uh, wrapping up. Um, first of all, I also would like to ask if you have something to tell to our, my audience or something you would like to add. You know, I'll just leave everybody with this kind of final message that just came to mind right now, which is don't contort yourself to fit in someone else's box or someone else's version of who you think you should be. I think that that's probably something I did for many years. And I think a lot of us do it, right? Because we have these pictures of what we're supposed to be. And we contort ourselves to fit into it in a certain way. And the true freedom in life comes from just really being authentic and finding what it is that lights you up. And we talked about coming alive today. And I hope you find whatever it is that, that makes you come alive and you go do it. Great advice. Great advice. Suzanne, where can people find you again? Well, they can head over to IAWPWellnessCoach.com. There's a lot of great resources there, including the free book and the podcast. But if you're somebody who's been listening and you're really in career burnout right now, I want to send you to a special gift, which is called SuperpowerGift.com. SuperpowerGift.com. You won't find that on our main site. At SuperpowerGift.com is where you can take the uh, career superpower quiz and get your type and get all the tips to help you with your career superpower. So those are two great places people can go next. Great gift. Really get great grips. Well, Suzanne, I want to thank you a lot for your time. It was a great conversation. And, uh, well, let's keep in touch. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was so fun being here with you and your community. Thank you. <laughs>